Hey folks, welcome back to Miller Christian Church Online Messages. This week we got Pastor Paul Olson speaking today. If you'd like to connect more with us, you can check us out on Facebook by searching the group Miller Christian Church Family. On YouTube, you can check out our live streams and other videos. And finally, our website, millerchristianchurch.org. Thank you. everyone you know this is our third time here but I'm seeing a bunch of new faces and uh, so anyway it's nice to see you and greetings from the promised land of Callaway and uh, for those of you who are new today always start off with a quiz just to see how sharp you are and actually was it last week you guys guessed it before I got it out of my mouth and I didn't appreciate that too much. Uh, but anyway, it's good to be here. I, I want to uh, I want to encourage you today. It'll be a little bit different as I've been sharing the word with you. By the way, did everybody get a little outline that are sitting right back by the? Anybody want one that don't have one? Raise your hand. There's a hand there. Like the evangelist used to say, I see that hand, God bless you, is there another? There's another one, there's one there. <laughs> Not only have I been a pastor for 46 years, I 14 of those years at the same time as being a pastor, I was a teacher. And um, much of my grade came uh, to the students in the form of, of uh, at least, at least a, a fourth of their grade uh, what kind of notes they took. So uh, I can't do that anymore in churches, so that's okay. But um, I always found out that if you write something down, you remember things. You don't have to take them if you don't want to, but they're available. And uh, so we'll go from there. But I want to encourage you today. I know it's your annual meeting. And... Um, the title of this is Blessings in the Family, and these are going to be seven biblical. I'm not interested, and you're not interested in what I think. It's from the Scripture. I always preach and teach from the Scripture I have for 46 years. That's where the blessing is. But from the Bible, there will be seven biblical ways to bring blessing to your church family and to bring honor to the Lord Jesus. But before that, here is the quiz. Some of you history buffs might know this. What did Paul Revere say at the end of his ride? You give up? I got you this week, don't I? Whoa, who said it? Was that Randy Dandy said that? Ah, oh, they're going to have to be tougher. I can see that. <laughs> Father, I thank you for the time now that we can spend in the Word. I thank you for the joy of the Lord. Thank you for this church family here, Lord. Thank you for raising up Miller Christian Church. Thank you for all who are part of it. <clears throat> Most of all, we thank you that we are co-laborers with you uh, in your vineyard. And uh, so wherever we may be, 
help us to be faithful. Whatever we do, help us to be faithful. I pray you'd bless every heart that's here. Thank you for the testimony we heard today and and uh, another truth that uh, you have promised that you would never leave us or forsake us in thick or thin and how grateful we are for the privilege of being called your children through faith in Christ. And I thank you for that, Lord. Bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Usually my voice hangs together better at the first, but right now I think I need the water that I forgot to bring up. Excuse me a minute. <laughs> well, I uh, want to start off with a verse that's not here in your notes, but in 1 Corinthians 3.9, Paul reminded the Corinthians, we are co-laborers together with Christ. Now, that's how the church operates. You, everybody has been given some kind of gift to, to contribute, uh, to the church, uh, and, uh, uh, we all can have some kind of responsibility. Uh, the church isn't part of God's program. It is His program. And it's Christ Himself that said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And even missions, you know, when we think of missions, we think of establishing Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, gospel-preaching churches all around the world. And America is fastly becoming a mission field. I think we all know that. And uh, so missions is pretty, pretty important right here at home. But how can we be a blessing? To, how can you be a blessing to your church family and also bring honor to the Lord Jesus? 1 Timothy 3.15 there's a verse here that Paul told Timothy, uh, and it, it's inside this verse is a statement that says volumes about the purpose of Miller Christian Church, of Burr Oak Church, Callaway Community Church, and the others that I've these past five years in my so-called retirement have had the privilege of, of preaching and teaching. Let me read it for you. First Timothy 3.15. Paul says, But if I tarry long, that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, here it is, the pillar and ground of the truth. Now, I don't know if you caught that, but point number one in your, in your uh, outlines, the way to bring blessing to your church family and to bring honor to the Lord as a church and as an individual, that is share the word of God or preach the word. Uh, most of you won't be involved in the so-called preaching as, as we have a, a sense of it, but in the actual language, it means herald forth means sharing, sharing the word. First, Second Timothy 4.2, Paul told Timothy the last chapter he wrote before he went to, to his death. He said, preach the word, the word. Now, you know, there is a tendency, and I've seen this 
in uh, the years that I've uh, been in leadership, there is a tendency in our land to substitute the Word of God with other stuff. That's a mistake because God has given us this, listen to me carefully now, this verbal, every word, plenary, equally inspired Word of God. In other words, it's God-breathed. It's His revelation to you and to me as a believer. And so everything any church should do should be run through the grid of the Word. Doesn't match the word. If it, if it doesn't match the word, if it's against the biblical, biblical teaching, then of course we don't want it. So I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But if you're going to be a blessing to one another and honor the Lord as a church, as an individual, remember to share or preach the word. Because in Hebrews 4.12, it says, for the word of God is quick or living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Do you know another book that can do that? And as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, well, it's a, it's a miracle book. Well, sure it is. It's God-inspired scripture. So, um, remember what John 5.24 says, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. So, remember that. I don't know this fellow here. His name is Clark Pinnock. Isn't that exciting? I got something to share. He wrote something I thought was so good I cut it out here a while back. This goes along with point number one. The distinctive mark of theology today is this dreadful ambiguity. The chaos of American theology today can be traced back to its roots in the rejection of the biblical infallibility. Now here's what I like. Preaching is this this is this is good. And I taught when I taught at Frontier School of the Bible many years ago, the college out in Wyoming, uh, the preacher boys, I had a privilege of talking uh, or sharing with them in class time. But anyway, preaching is not the act of unfolding our personal convictions. It is the duty of informed, uh, excuse me, it is the duty of informing people of all that God has spoken. I like that. I like that. To move off from the pages of Scripture is to enter into the wastelands of our own subjectivity. Now, those are big $10 words, but I believe what he said makes the point. You're going to be blessing number one. Stick with the word. The word. Including, if you're still taking notes, the saving message of Christ, Romans 1.16. Anybody know that verse by heart? I got a genuine, sugar-free, orange lifesaver. If you can quote it for me. You know, I pulled this little trick here at, uh, where was I? I was preaching at Tallinn Bible Church up in Tallinn. I don't know if you've heard of that up there. Anyway, and sure enough, somebody quoted it word perfect, and I lost my lifesaver. And this is what it says, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So gospel preaching is, is a hallmark of a church that will bring blessing to God and honor as well. Number two. 
uh, a commitment to prayer and fellowship. Commitment to prayer and fellowship. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Now, I'm going to attempt to quote that. So, if you want to test me, you can go ahead and look it up. And I'm sure Randy will point it out if I'm not right. Right, Randy? No? Paul and Timothy, to the servants of Jesus Christ, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints who are in Christ Jesus at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And then verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. Did I do it right? Did anybody follow along? Of course, you have to have King James Version if you're going to going to test me. The commitment to prayer and fellowship. You know, I uh, I like the word commitment. I like it. I like it a lot. There are two things that you as a church can commit to one another and to and and to the family here, and that is to prayer, as we have heard from our brother here, how prayers has sustained him. Uh, through, did you say you had COVID? Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, I had plenty of symptoms in October when I had it. <laughs> My poor wife, and she cared, she cared for her baby so sweet. I mean, I loved the care I got for 11 straight days. I was sicker than a dog. And I stayed in the house three weeks and I was going crazy, but my wife, bless her heart, took good care of me. And anyway, uh, when we pray for each other, we commit to that. That means you make a commitment, a promise, and fellowship. <clears throat> I like, have you ever listened closely to kids' prayers? I found one in my notes here. This is a kid's prayer. Now, there's something refreshing about it when kids pray. Dear God, this uh, kid said, please take care of my daddy and my mommy and my sister and my brother and my doggy and me. And oh, yes, please take care of yourself, God. If anything happens to you, we're going to be in a big mess. <laughs> well, you, got, you got to love the honesty of that. But commitment to prayer. You know what the difference between commitment and involvement is? It's ham and eggs. Pigs are committed. Chickens are involved. And so the commitment is so important. If you want to bring blessing uh, to your church family, commit to this church. Commit to it. Uh, pray for it and pray for one another. Number three. Number three. Be willing. That's the key. Be willing to give both financially and of yourself in service. Hebrews 13 talks about it, and I, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll read that. <laughs> There's a limit to what I'll dare quote up front. Uh, Hebrews 13 and then verse 15. 
says, By him, the Lord Jesus, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to share, forget not. Listen now. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So be willing to give of yourself financially, uh, give financially and of yourself in service. Uh, I like to just save things for notes and things, you know, and this is a little illustration. Back in Scotland, oh, many, many, many years ago, they had a potato blight. I don't know if you're, I'm kind of a big history guy, so I, I like, Looking anyway, they raised potatoes in Scotland, and uh, it was it was uh, and Ireland and that, and it was tough times. Anyway, in Scotland, there have been times when collection plates were rarely full. During one of those dry periods, an old Presbyterian cleric looked down at the returned offering plate and prayed, "Well, Lord, we thank you for the safe return of the plate." <laughs> Oh, dear. Well, you know, giving is part of our worship, and I think you probably all know that. So anyhow, number four, we're, we're talking about blessings in the family. Be with the family when it meets, number four. Now, I know there are exceptions for police and medical and, you know, that stuff. And, and uh, um, you know, and I, I understand uh, I'm not a rancher, but I've been around ranch. You know, I lived in Montana, pastored a church in Montana. And uh, you think it got cold here a couple weeks ago. You should live in Montana when one of them polar expresses comes over the Canadian border. And uh, uh, so, and I understood uh, things uh, about some uh, ranchers and some of the things they went through and and so on. But uh, be with the family when it meets, Hebrews 10, 25. It's another scripture that's probably very familiar with you. And it says this, verse 24, Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, comma, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. See, even back then there were Lone Ranger believers that didn't think they needed to be involved in a church that's not biblical. I can debate with anybody about that. You know, uh, you need, you know, God has established the local church from the universal, the universal churches, people who have accepted Christ as their personal savior and born into the family of God all around the world. And the expression of that in a local uh, locality is the local church. And you are the local church here. And uh, anyway, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now here, something that's an opinion. My opinion is you're going to need each other more in these next years than you ever have before as a believer. You're going to need each other. Because I think I see it in, in the uh, pretty clear in what's happening in our nation anyway. So be with the family when it's when he when it meets. Number five. Here's a big one. And I don't know anything about this church or the one I'm going to here in just a little while. 
I just barely starting to know names. But, so I'd have nothing in mind when I say this, but number five, avoid disease. And we're not talking about COVID. We're talking about gossip. Avoid that. Don't be a receiver and don't be a transmitter. A lot of people think the Bible just talks against transmitting, but being a receiver. People who like to sow discord among brethren will kind of figure out in a hurry who will be open to hearing what they have to, you know, to say. Uh, someone put it this way, a gossiper is like an old shoe. Its tongue never stays in place. <laughs> and that's true. Here's old Ben Franklin. Oh, by the way, I forgot to read you the scripture. Proverbs uh, 26, verse 20. You still with me or are you dreaming about coffee and donuts afterwards? Where no wood is, the fire goes out, Proverbs says. Where there is no tail bearer, the strife ceases. As coals are burning... As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a talebearer are like wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts. That old phrase, sticks and stones, may hurt my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's not true. Words can hurt. In Proverbs 6, these six things the Lord hates. You know, God is a wonderful God of love. We looked at that last week. Remember the Valentine message a week later? But there are some things he hates. Number one, a proud look. Two, a lying tongue. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. Number four, a heart that divides wicked imaginations. Number five, wicked that are uh, feet that are swift to run into mischief. Number six, a false witness that speaks lies. And then number seven, he that sows discord among brethren. God hates that. So if you want to be a blessing to your church family, avoid that kind of disease. Those evil reports, those underpinnings, and stuff that even in the best of churches can get going and don't have any part of it. Period. There's a way in Scripture to handle differences. There's a way in Scripture to handle offenses between people. But don't do what I've heard. And I've been a pastor for 46 years, and I've heard this not very often. I've been blessed with really good churches. But I've heard this from time to time. I have a prayer request I want to share. And then comes about 28 lines of the worst gossip you'd ever heard. In the guise of a prayer request, don't fall for it. So, you follow what I'm saying? You say amen in this church? I didn't ask for a hallelujah. I asked for an amen. Anyway, uh, Ben Franklin, he was a first postmaster. Did you know that? That should have been a quiz for you. He was the first postmaster. We all think of him flying a kite with electricity and all that stuff. He was a great, great man in our uh, in our country one of the early fathers here's his quote he said three people will keep a secret as long as two of them are dead 
Wise old guy. Wise old guy. So avoid disease. Don't be a receiver or a transmitter. And, uh, you know, you might, you might offend somebody who's got all the stuff they want to unload on you that really is a form of gossip. You might just say, you know, I, I don't want to hear it. I want to be your friend. I'll encourage you. I'll do it, but I don't want to hear this stuff. And they might, they might get their nose bent for a while, but you will be blessed in standing true to the word as not being an up and down tail bearer. Okay. Number six. Forgive and forget. Ephesians chapter four. I think you know this. This is just a practical thing. I want you to, the reason I'm bringing this message is because I want you to know that spiritual vitality in any church is not conditioned upon size. Okay? My daughter and Fort Collins used to go to a great big church that had 6,000 people in it. She has since gone to a smaller church that has about 80 or 100. But for years she went to that. And when you, when you, and I'm not saying, you know, it, that, and that was a good church actually for being such a big, but you know what? The Holy Spirit is not limited to the size of a church. And, uh, if you think you have to be big to be effective, you've never been in a, in a bedroom with one mosquito. Just one. And if you weren't raised in Minnesota, you don't know what one mosquito can do when you're trying to go to sleep in the dark. You don't have to be big to be effective. And uh, putting it this way, Zechariah put it this way, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. God can, you know, the small church can be every bit as important and significant to God and his, his uh, purposes as larger churches, as long as you love the Lord with all of your heart and that you see yourself committed to bring blessing uh, to the Lord and to the church family to love each other and to honor the Lord Jesus. The smallest church in the New Testament has the most powerful letter written to it that I know of. I mean, there is no other book in the New Testament that describes who our Lord Jesus Christ is better than the book of Colossians. And the church at Colossae was a small church. It met in, in the house, just a, a powerful, powerful book on that. So what I'm trying to say is little as much when God is in it. Amen? Huh? So, you know, whether I, whether you see me again or if I keep coming for a while or what, I don't know the future any more than you do, but I'm telling you right off the bat, little is always much when God is in it. So don't be discouraged about size or anything else like that. And actually, I see a pretty good group out here today. I think we should take the offering twice. That was a joke. 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 So forgive and forget. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 
Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed under the day of redemption. Let all, not half, not some, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. No place for it. You are a born-again child of God if you've come to know Christ as your Savior. And underneath that hide of yours dwells nothing more or less than His Holy Spirit. And uh, we grieve Him when we fail to forgive. And then it goes on to say, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Uh-oh, here it is. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven who? That's right, you. So if you're going to gauge that, if you appreciate the Lord and the fact that you've been forgiven and washed in the blood of Christ, and if you love Him for all of that, then you have no right not to forgive somebody else. So forgive and forget. I always say don't keep a record of wrongs. <laughs> you know, ah, he did that to me. Just a minute. I'm going, I never get mad. I just get even. It's like the guy who got bit by a dog and he went to the doctor. He said, well, you know, I, you know, I, I got bit by a dog and, and, uh, you know, I suppose I need rabies shots and, and the test came back positive. He had rabies. He says, yes. You're going to need rabies shots. And he was writing stuff down. Doctor said, well, don't worry. There's a cure for rabies. You know, don't, don't do that. He said, well, I'm not worried about it. He says, I'm just thinking of people that I want to bite. <laughs> He's a loser. And one who drags bitterness in his heart is like the guy that cleans windows on the 44th floor and steps back to admire his work. We we call him a loser. Number 7, above all, above all, love one another. 1 Peter 4:8. And if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to bring your Bibles or bring your little things that you uh, 1 Peter chapter 4 <clears throat> says this, And above all things, now you know when it says above all things, the scripture means, And above all things have fervent love among yourselves, for love shall cover the multitude of sins. Now you know the scripture says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and soul and mind and strength. The scripture also says, love one another fervently. You know what that means? I know, looking at me now, you wouldn't believe that I was a long-distant runner. Before I looked like a football, I was thin, and I could run, and I would join these six-mile races back in my 20s and 30s, just after the flood. And... Uh, There were times when somebody would be coming to the finish line and somebody would be right next to me. And I wanted to beat that guy. In fact, I remember one particular race. He was from our church. 
I got a bunch of guys involved in running, and boy, we had fun and went to these races. Anyway, I was not going to let him win. So I running and running and running, and right at the end, I stretched and gave it whatever gas I had left. You know, you've seen these runners, haven't you, that stretch for the tape? That's where that word fervent comes from, stretching. Because sometimes loving one another fervently, you have to stretch, right? Because the rest of that verse says, love shall cover the multitude of sins. Living with the saints above, that will be glory. Living with the saints below, that's another story. As the old saying goes, sometimes you have to stretch and trust the Lord to help you to love one another fer fervently. And that's so important. Hebrews 13, 1 says, let brotherly love continue. Can I say it this way? Love and enjoy your church family. There's enough churches in our land that are cantankerous, ornery, and look like they've been weaned on a pickle. And just, they're miserable. And a good Bible-believing, spirit-filled church who loves one another and loves the Lord with all their heart you can enjoy one another on your journey. And when it comes to rejoicing with those who rejoice, do so. Weeping for those who weep, you do that too. That's all part of being part of a family. But enjoy your church family. Those are seven ways. Preach the word. Commit yourself to prayer and fellowship. Be willing to give financially and of yourself. Be with the family when it meets. Avoid disease. Gossip. Forgive and forget, and above all, love one another. And now if you want to finish it out, there it is. There are, these are biblical uh, things that we can do individually to be a blessing to the whole family. Check out 2 Thessalonians 3.5, the best place for your hearts to be. Would you like me to read that for you? It says this, And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. I'm going to close with a poem. Some guy named Byron Hatfield wrote this. It's called My Church. You still listening? Thank you. My church helps me. Then he goes on to write the poem. To keep a sky in my life and to look up to keep my hand in God's and hold on to Him. My church helps me to see the eternal values above the material. My church helps me to lift life above self to service for Christ. My church helps me to see the good in others and praise it. My church helps me to keep sweet and to keep busy for Him. My church helps me to have a seeing eye, a feeling heart, and a helping hand. My church helps me to test the motive of life and choose the best, to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Lord, I thank you for our time together. I pray you'll bless these thoughts, just practical things as they consider their future. And uh, 
leadership and whatever else that uh, is on the table. I I pray you would bless each one with a good spirit. Bless each one with joy and help us to honor Jesus in all that we say and do. Help us to share the word, to run everything we do through the word of God. Thank you for giving it to us. Help us to love each other, more important to love you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Thank you for this church family here. Bless them in the days, weeks, years ahead as they seek to fulfill what you've called them to do. Thank you for the privilege of being part of the family of God. In Jesus' name, amen.